You are listening to the Cat Breeder Sensei Says Podcast, the show that supports the reputable breeding of pedigree cats. This is your show host, April Catito, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about mating your queens. We will get into all of this juicy stuff right after this short message. Do you want to learn how to become a successful breeder of pedigree cats? Now you can. For the first time ever, enroll in an online training course that takes you step-by-step through everything you need to know to get on the right track. Visit catbreedersensei.com to sign up today and use code PODCAST21 to get $25 off. Okay, we're back. Disclaimer. Everything that you hear in the show is based on personal knowledge or personal experience. The things that I experience may certainly not be the same thing that you experience. The show is not meant to create a spot for criticism and judgment, but a space to share your experiences and learn from each other. Now, the topic that we're talking about today certainly is a controversial one and one that sparks a lot of attention and attack online. And that is, what is the age that is appropriate to first mate your queen? And we're going to talk about how soon after a queen gives birth to a litter, is it okay to mate her again? So as you can imagine, there's probably a lot of opinions out there about what's right and what's wrong. Most of the opinions are formed from an emotional point of view. With all of the research that I've done looking for the right answer to this, I have never found any specific studies Opinions? You betcha. Scientific studies and evidence? Not that I can find. So if you have any actual research on how mating your queens at different ages may affect her either positively or negatively, then please share that information with me. Now I think what it really may come down to is that each cat is different and they behave differently and they cycle differently and they are built different. And so each cat has to be taken into consideration individually. There's no overall right answer for the right age to mate your queen for the first time. Let's look at a scenario, actually a couple of scenarios of what you may encounter, or may you maybe have already encountered this, but you could have a 10-month-old girl who comes into heat for the very first time and she's just having a mild heat that lasts for about five days. But when I say mild, I mean she's doing the usual signs, maybe rolling around and doing her little tap dance with her back feet, but she's not all day, all night, just begging for someone to mate with her. That's more extreme heat or a hard heat, as I call it. Then you may see a regular pattern from this girl of an estrus cycle every couple of months. So that's what you notice as regular behavior for her. So she's not super hard heats. She does, she goes into heat, but it's not like, holy, oh my gosh, girl, you feel bad for her, that type of thing. Then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have the girl that is six months old, just a baby. She goes into heat her first time She's in heat for a very long time, 10 days, just hard. 
it's affecting her. You can tell that her hormones are r running at a very high level. And she finally comes out of heat. And then three weeks later, she's at it again. And this becomes a regular pattern for her. Every three weeks, this poor girl is in heat, hard heat. So there's two different scenarios going on with your queens. Two different decisions that have to be made of when you're going to mate this girl or what you're going to do. Like, what is your plan of action for these girls? So before you actually can make a decision, I do want you to know about pyometra. Pyometra is an infection in the uterus. It's actually considered a life-threatening condition for your queens, and you have to treat it quickly and aggressively. There's two types of pyometra. There's open pyometra, which you can obviously see it's apparent, and then there's closed pyometra. You really don't know that it's happening inside of her body until basically it's too late. There has to be a breaking point, and that girl will end up being spayed, usually an emergency spay. So as breeders, we really don't want this to happen to our females. I mean, pyometra is what haunts us. I think everybody has the fear that our girl is gonna get pyometra. Pyometra develops if a pregnancy doesn't occur after several estrus cycles. Now there's no magic number for how many cycles. That's why if this is a maiden queen, then that's why it gets a little scary because there could be a lot of estrus cycles and you don't want to mate her because she is young and then that may put her at risk for developing pyometra. So it happens when there's several estrus cycles at, without any pregnancy. Every time the female goes into heat, her hormone levels are elevated and that causes the uterus lining to thicken. It's preparing for pregnancy. If pregnancy doesn't occur, then that lining just continues to increase until cysts form in the uterus. Now, if she continues to go into heat without getting pregnant, then those high levels of hormones inhibit the ability of the muscles in the wall of the uterus to contract and expel any of the accumulated fluids or bacteria, and that results in pyometra. So when you have a female and you see her in heat three or four or five or six times and she is a hard heater, then you really start to become concerned about her developing pyometra and you want to make a decision on whether or not to mate that girl. Now I think there are several factors that come into play that help you make a decision about whether or not to mate her and when to mate her. Some things like her physical condition, her maturity level, her weight, her age, her health, and have you done the necessary health screenings that you need to do before mating her? So there's just a whole array of factors that go into the decision-making process of when is a good time to mate your girl. And nobody can make that decision except for you. So just do what you think is best for your cats. This is why it's a good time to have a mentor is because they can help you make those hard decisions. That's really what a mentor is for, is to help you make the decisions that are, are you're going to be faced with all the time, quite frankly. I'll always take my females in to my veterinarian, who I trust very much, and just have her do a complete physical exam 
and just give me the green light that she is okay to be mated. And God forbid, don't post that question in any of the Facebook groups or you're going to get attacked. You know, as a side note, I wonder if the people that are always criticizing and attacking everybody in those Facebook groups, do they actually live by what they're preaching or, you know, are they faced with hard decisions too? I don't know. So is there anything that you can give to a female to keep her from cycling? Actually, there is. Some people give their girls melatonin chips. Typically, the dose is about 18 milligrams, and that will suppress estrus cycles for about two to four months. It's inserted under the skin just like a microchip would be. You can do it yourself, and if you're just not comfortable with that, then I'm sure that your vet would help you um, in that process. On another side note, microchipping your kittens, if your vet does it, can get really expensive. Um, I have, was having my vets do it in the beginning, and she was charging me $55 per kitten to microchip, and then I discovered that I could buy the microchips myself for $3. I just had to build up the nerve to be able to do it myself. And it, I'm telling you, I had to build the nerve up for a long time. I was so afraid to microchip my kittens. I just thought, I don't know, the, I had the worst case scenario uh, played out in my head about what it would be like to microchip these babies. And... I watched videos and YouTube videos and, you know, kept looking at the needles online and thinking, oh my good Lord, this is, this is terrible. I'm not going to be able to do it. And I ended up buying the microchips and I went to my vet and she taught me how to microchip the kittens myself. So now I microchip all of the kittens and it's as easy as pie. I mean, they squeak a little bit when you stick them with a needle, but that where you actually insert the microchip, it doesn't bleed. So it isn't like you stick them with the microchip needle that is used to insert the chip and then blood goes everywhere. It's not like that at all. There's actually no blood vessels in between the shoulder blades where you put the microchip. So fun fact I actually have a video in the Facebook group that is created only for students of the complete guide to breeding pedigree cats course that I show you exactly how easy it is to microchip the kittens so that was another side note if you you know want to save like a whole bunch of money then microchip your own kittens so there's a couple of companies that sell the melatonin chip for cats I will put a link to the resource in the show notes on our website. So you can go to catbreedersensei.com and just click on podcast in the top menu and then look for episode eight. And that's where you'll see the link to a couple of places where you can get melatonin chips for your cat. And that's to suppress the estrus cycle for a period of two to four months. So when she comes back into heat, it's, it, it will happen when the melatonin chip wears off and you don't have to remove it. It will actually wear off on its own. So it's something to consider if you do not want to mate your females and you want to suppress the estrus cycle. 
Um, some people are all for the melatonin chip. Some people are totally against it because it tampers with the hormonal system of the females. So definitely want to do your own research and see what you think about using the melatonin chip. 18 milligrams is the suggested amount. Some people also will give melatonin drops, and that's something that's a little more high maintenance. You can do, they say, do um, five milligrams at sunrise and five milligrams at sundown, and that way you can control exactly how long that you're suppressing the heat cycle for. So there's definitely options if you want to suppress the heat cycle. So until you're dealing with that yourself and you have a female that's in heat and she's just going crazy and she's in hard heat and she's nine months old and this is her fourth heat cycle, until that happens, you won't have to make that decision. But it's, it's most certainly going to happen. And again, I just say make the best decision that you can ethically for your cat. That's, that's the best you can do. And don't worry about what other people say and how much they criticize you because guess what? It's none of their business. So the next thing that we'll talk about is, you guessed it, another controversial topic. How long should you wait after a litter of kittens is born to mate the queen again? Before we get into this, here are some things to consider. TICA, the International Cat Association, allows you to register a litter to a queen after 90 days. Some countries only allow a litter to be registered to a queen once every eight months. So just with those two facts alone, I can't see any consistency. There's a big difference between three months and eight months in between litters. And again, just like when trying to make the decision on the first time to mate the female, you're probably gonna be faced with that again. I have had a girl give birth to a litter of six kittens and when they were two weeks old, she was in heat. And she was in a hard heat because she's one of these girls. And then she was in her hard heat every couple of weeks during this entire time she was raising her babies. So by the time the kittens went home at 12 weeks old, she had already gone into heat several times. What would you do in that scenario? You really always have three options. You can put a melatonin chip in her to delay that estrus cycle for two to four months. You can mate her or you can let her continue to cycle with the pyometra hanging over your head. So those are basically the three choices that you have when your female is in heat. Not all of your females are the same. In fact, they're all very different. They're unique individuals and they have their own patterns. I think the best advice is to set some guidelines for yourself. What do you feel is the most ethical and best decision physically for your queen? If you feel comfortable with her delivering a litter once every eight months and she is a hard cycler and cycles every three weeks, then a melatonin chip might be the best choice for you. If she's random and only has her estrus cycle once every couple of months, she's not one that's 
you have to worry about so much about the risk of developing pyometra. That's really probably the biggest concern with letting females cycle without mating is the risk of pyometra. And I think that really concerns every breeder. You either have dealt with it or you will deal with it in the future. I know I have dealt with it and I'll never forget my vet. She said, we can't let the sun go down on pyometra, which means it's fast and it's very aggressive. And one day too long with pyometra, my female actually had open pyometra, so I could tell it was very obvious that her uterus is damaged. It just, it's a very aggressive disease and she ultimately had to be spayed. There are treatments for pyometra, and you can speak to your vet about that, how to treat if it's open pyometra. Don't think there's a treatment for closed pyometra that ultimately results in a spay, but open pyometra can be treated with some aggressive antibiotics and injections to contract the uterus and expel the infection. And typically, after an open pyometra treatment, you would mate the girl on the very next heat cycle. So the prognosis for open pyometra can be good. I just think that, generally speaking, it's not something that we want to deal with. So I know it always comes up that people say, well, in the wild, they would mate every time they go into heat. Well, we're not in the wild. These pedigree cats are under our care and our supervision so you the breeder are controlling their environment and they are trusting you to protect them so we just don't want them to mate every time that they go into heat that's certainly can't be good for them physically emotionally i'm sure it puts a lot of stress on them and ultimately that will affect their health so that's not the goal is to mate the cats every time they go into heat. The goal is to make the best decision that you can for each one of your beautiful individual queens. As always, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this episode of Cat Breeder Sensei Says. I am here to try to create a positive change in the community and the space of breeders of pedigree cats and Hoping that the next generation of breeders will be, will be different, will be more helpful towards each other and offer the support that this space so very much needs. If you like this podcast, do us a favor and leave us a very good review on the podcast platform that you choose to listen to us on. We'll be back next Thursday with the next episode. So if you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, be sure to do that so you don't miss it when we publish our next episode. I'll see you next time. Bye.